From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Tossing and turning, counting sheep. These are the trials and tribulations of sleeplessness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Dr. Bregman, what do you have on your plate in terms of sleeplessness and some really good advice for how to get a good night's rest? Okay, Linda, I'll tell you, this is a really timely topic. I mean, in my practice, uh, sleep issues are like really up there as major issues. Uh, We all have to sleep. I think it's really good that we're talking about this today. And, you know, look, right now, too, we're going through, you know, the post-pandemic, okay? And what's happened is, you know, there still is like a lot of uncertainty, economic, political violence. It's just uncertainty. People are restless. And really, sleep is the unfinished work of the day. And so, in other words, that's how we kind of like, resolve things emotionally. It's extremely important to, to our mental health. Okay? Oh, it really is. And I was reading something and now I'm just going to say this off the top of my head and statistics might be wrong. So I won't mention a number, but if you sleep less than, was it five hours a day over and over and over again, you have more of a chance of suffering from dementia as you get older. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, I have patients that tell me, oh, doc, you know, I only, I only need like three or four hours a night, you know, and this is an ominous sign. I mean, uh, very few people really live longer and have a healthy life without a good sleep routine and the adequate amount of sleep, you know, that we need that, that's restorative. I, I think we got a lot of good tips for people today, too, and strategies to help people sleep. Okay, so let's just break this down in terms of there's three types of sleep problems. If you have a problem with sleeping, you you, you will fall into one of these three categories. So tell us, doctor, what are these three categories? This is really important stuff. Now, either people come to me, they can't fall asleep. Doctor, can't fall asleep. Or they can't stay asleep. You know, I get up in the middle of the night, like what do I do? And then there's the third category that's really uh, something that I pay special attention to, and that is early morning awakening. That means people wake up earlier than they usually do. You know, they usually wake up at six, they're waking up at three or so. Yeah, th- th- there is you know, an optimal amount of sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, I-, I think if we take a look at what I call sleep hygiene, we could cover these three groups. Okay, number one, you need to have a a structure, okay? That means that um, you go to sleep at the same time and you wake up at the same time, okay? So, and and you know, exercise is really good. And a lot of people that have patients who exercise a lot more do this a little bit better, but you need regular time you go to sleep and a regular time you wake up. So that's super important. That's why I put it as number one. Number two is routine. Okay, so your sleep architecture is so important. You, you, you go to bed at, at the same time and your bed is a sacred place. So it's like for 
for rest, if you're sick, or intimacy, but you use it for that. So it's really important to have your bed or bedroom there in, in that way. Then a lot of people have trouble falling back to sleep. I have a remedy for people. They wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, okay. Now, this is so common and it's really simple, you know, to deal with. Basically, you got to get yourself up. You got to get out of bed uh, and don't, don't put on a lot of lights. Don't put a lot of bright screens, read a book or something. And something makes your eyes tired, something boring. Drink water. Of course, a lot of us are dehydrated even in the middle of the night. So we drink some water and then we go back to sleep. So you, so you basically bore yourself and drink water. Uh, absolutely. And you know, the water and don't eat water. A lot of people, when they feel hungry in the middle of the night, they're really dehydrated. So very important. Get yourself some, some water. Uh, okay. Now th- I kind of put this further down on the list as like, if all else fails, I th- think you need to lower your core body temperature. So that's really what um, taking a bath or a shower is about is, you know, that you're not only clean, but you lower your core body temperature. That really does help people sleep. And, and then also, you know, with the old remedy, get a little warm glass of milk, you know, and, and, and take a shower, go to sleep. So uh, I don't know if we should be drinking warm milk lately, but the, the whole idea of something soothing. That sounds great. Yeah, now, okay. tell me about the third category, that third category that seems to worry you the most out of all the three categories for sleeplessness. The third category is we, what we call early morning awakening. Okay. That to me is very distressing. In other words, people that tell me, oh, I used to get up at six, but doc, lately I've been getting up at three, you know, or four and I can't go back to sleep. If that happens more chronically, that usually is a real sign of depression. We really follow vegetative signs to really see if people are really depressed. I mean, how is their weight, you know, their appetite? How is their sleep? How is their concentration? So these are the kind of things, you know, the vegetative signs. So now if we see, if I see that, you know, those are the people that I, um, I, I see and need really some antidepressants, which help people sleep and stabilize, you know, their sleep. And it works unbelievably well. I wanted to bring up something very interesting that I recently read about how the U.S. Army helps their uh, soldiers fall asleep in situations that are less than peaceful, like, say, battlefields. And this is an incredible technique. And it's supposedly after you practice this for six weeks, you can fall asleep in less than 90 seconds. All right. You relax the muscles in your face, including tongue, jaw, and the muscles around your eyes. Then you drop your shoulders as far down as they go, followed by your upper and lower arm. But you do this one side at a time. Now you breathe out, relaxing your chest, followed by your legs, okay? Starting from the thighs and working down. And you then spend 10 seconds trying to clear your mind. Now I think this is one of the most important parts uh, before thinking about one of these three things. So for 10 seconds, clear your mind, 
get out all that residue from the day that's been going on. And you can think of one of three things. One, you're lying in a canoe on a calm lake with nothing but a clear blue sky above you. Or you're lying in a black velvet hammock in a pitch black room. Or finally, you say to yourself, don't think, don't think, don't think. You say this to yourself over and over again for about 10 seconds. Now, apparently, the Army says this technique is said to have worked for 96% of people after six weeks of practice. I'm going to try this. How about you? Oh, Linda, this is absolutely right on. This is a uh, hypnotic induction technique, you know, that we use. I'm a hypnotist. I was trained how to do this during my training. And this is exactly what we do. We relax the body, you know, from maybe the top down, all the muscles and everything. We focus on our breathing up and down with the chest. We visualize you know, nice things like the canoe or the hammock, okay? And we practice at it, and it's like magic. People kind of develop getting into an alpha state, we call. So that is really what, you know, this, the Army thing is about. And if people could practice exactly what you said, then they could achieve alpha state and be able to get themselves naturally to fall asleep. Okay, now, so with that said, I want to just for the couple minutes we have left, uh, talk about our second topic, which talking about alpha state meditation, hypnotherapy, which is something that you've done in the past. But let's talk about what we can do to relax ourselves in a meditative state during the day when we're a little stressed out, but not to sleep, just to relax. What would be some of the takeaways uh, through getting ourselves in that perfect, tranquil state? Well, you know, I don't know how many people have this available to themselves, but if you learn this technique that we talked about, then um, you could do it during the day. And I came up with this system called the MAV approach. And the beginning of that was M is for mindfulness. So if you could uh, do this during the day and you just let your mind relax, then a lot of negative thoughts could start to flow out. You could become mindful about issues that are going on with you and it could really help in all your anxiety. It's natural, you know, that, you know, this way. So um, I, I like what we're talking about today. I think people need to get more mindful and use, you know, techniques like this that aren't chemical, but just natural. Right. Being, being relaxed and, and sleeping well and mindfulness, all good things. Well, we're out of time and I want to wish you some wonderful night's sleeps until we speak again. Yeah, you too, Linda. Good dreams. Take care uh, now. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. 
Catch you next time.